Hey everyone and welcome back to Books with Spice Please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie and in this week's episode we're going to be discussing and reviewing The Sweetest Oblivion. A little about this author. Katie had saw her books all over TikTok and we've been putting them off for way too long. Danielle has written fantasy and contemporary romances and she's known for this mafia series. Remember we are 18 plus. We're gonna get into the dirty deeds of this book content warnings for this book there is violence it's a mafia romance so i think that's to be expected can you think of any other content warnings to give it's definitely violence there's murder Mm -hmm. and beatings and (laughs) the (laughs) arranged marriage is pretty is pretty standard i think a lot of it is pretty standard for mafia stuff yeah it's a dark romance. It was 379 pages on the Kindle. It was a 12-hour audiobook. So it's a chunker. It is a series. However, you are able to read each book as a standalone, and this is the first one. It has different couples in the same universe, and you meet them in the first book. I know the second book is Gianna and Christian, and I did look at some reviews after you told me that, and people really like it, even more than this one, which shocked me. I thought I had heard that, but, like, reading the first one, I'm like, there's no fucking way people can like the second one better. This was (laughs) amazing. Yeah, I really liked it, too. It was, uh, it was, we'll talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, do you want to read the summary? Yep. She's a romantic at heart, living in the most unromantic of worlds. Nicknamed Sweet Abelli for her docile nature, Elena smiles on cue and has a charming response for everything. She's the favorite daughter, the perfect mafia principessa, or was. Now all she can see in the mirror's reflection is blood staining her hands like crimson paint. They say first impressions are everything. In the murky waters of New York's underworld, Elena's sister is arranged to marry Nicholas Russo, a made man, a boss, a cheat, even measured against mafia standard. His reputation stretches far and wide and is darker than his black suits and ties. After his and Elena's first encounter ends with an accidental glare on her part, she realizes he's just as rude as he is handsome. She doesn't like the man or anything he stands for, Though that doesn't stop her heart from pattering like rain against glass when he's near. Nor the shiver that goes down her spine at the sound of his voice and he's always near. Telling her what to do. Making her feel hotter than any future brother-in-law should. Mm-hmm. Elena may be the sweet of belly on the outside, but she's beginning to learn that she has a taste for the darkness. For rough hands, cigarettes, and whiskey-colored eyes. Having already escaped one scandal, however, she can hardly afford to be swept up in another. Besides, even if she were hers, everyone knows you don't fall in love with a made man, right? <laughs> and now time for the spoilers! Get into the characters. Our first character, our main female character, is Elena. Is that how you said it? And Is that how it's pronounced in the audio? Yeah. Okay, I reading it, I wanted to say Elena. I don't know. Anyway... So she goes by the nickname, the Sweet Abelli, sometimes because of how polite she is and how nice she is to look at. All the men talk about how hot she is. That's one of the things that Nico talks about when he meets her for the first time. He was like, I've heard about how hot she is. <laughs> yeah, and he like always makes comments to himself about how he would never want to have a wife that everyone slept with. And he's assuming... You know, that she's slept around and, like, he doesn't want a wife that people would imagine sleeping with. He definitely thought that she had a reputation, especially when her dad had told him that she was unmarriable or something like that. He was like, what? She -hmm. must be sleeping around. Yeah. Elena's sister's name is Adriana. She's kind of an odd one out of the family. She doesn't take it as seriously as everyone else. Like, she wants out of it. Yeah, she's definitely more of the weird one. Her father has a hard time disciplining her because nothing he says really gets under her skin. And it's, like, the complete opposite of Elena. Yeah, Elena is a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
And then we have Nicholas Russo, our main male character. He goes by Nico, and sometimes he goes by Ace because one time he killed a man. I think it was like his first kill even, and he put an Ace playing card down the guy's throat. Yep. Um, he's 29 and the youngest of the Dons in the Underworld Mafia life, and he has a bad reputation from his family as being a cheat and hot-headed. And then a couple other side characters we'll be discussing a lot is Celia, Elena's mother, Salvatore, her father, and Tony, her brother. Yes, and then you've got Gianna, which she's only really kind of a side character. I think it's nice that she's kind of weaved in, especially for that second book. But you don't know much about her other than she's like Nico's dad's wife but she's like more nico's age and she and nico had like one drunken night together a long time ago they both barely remember it so Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of just her character she's kind of in the background around so let's start with the beginning of our story it starts with the announcement of adriana's is that how you say her name? Adriana? Adriana, yeah. Okay. See, I always pronounce things differently than what the audiobook says. So Adriana's engagement to Nico. Elena was overlooked as the oldest because of something that had happened months, six months prior, but we don't know about that yet in this point of the story. Her father is unhappy with her because she didn't introduce herself to Nico in the church that morning, and they were getting ready for lunch at their house. She had accidentally glared at him in the church, and that's why she decided it was just best to avoid him with reputation and everything that she knows of him. She's like, oh my god, whoops. Yeah. They're formally introduced at lunch, and Nico's description is light brown eyes, the color of whiskey on ice, and thick dark lashes. It gave him a brooding expression, almost as if he was looking into the sun yet he was looking at me as though he was being introduced to one of the servants and not someone he would call his sister-in-law. Nico lied for Elena to tell him that they had already met at the church, and Elena went along with it, and he was, like, pretty impressed that she could improvise on the spot. And then (laughs) when her dad walks away, he, like, starts demanding of Elena that she, like, writes up a list of all the things that Adriana likes, all of her hobbies and dislikes and things like that and Elena's like okay yeah I can do that she's just so used to doing what she's told Mm -hmm. and then Adriana is just absolutely depressed that she's supposed to be marrying Nico in the first place because she's in love with the gardener only Elena knows because if her father found out then he'd have him killed yeah she he would definitely have him killed I thought it was interesting that it was the gardener I didn't actually pick up on that Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yep, he was their gardener. They have, like, a secret affair. And she, like, hid his name and her contacts list under a female's name. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't pick up on that either. That's cute. (laughs) So when everyone's eating lunch, a Russo makes a joke about the Abellis, and it ends up with guns being drawn. And one of the Russos puts Elena in a headlock and puts his gun to her head. And Nico shoots him. And blood gets splattered all over Elena. And her father yells at her to sit down and continue eating like nothing happens. Because, like, they draw guns like that just all the time in these mafia books. I, yeah, I was like, oh my god, this poor woman has blood on her from another man. Uh, And she just has to pretend that she's fine. Like, whatever. And then I think they paid off the, the waiters that they had hired or whatever to... Just go ahead and go home early. (laughs) Yeah, the Um, servants knew to just leave. This is when Nico noticed again how well she listens. Yeah. (laughs) But then Nico's point of view starts and we get his description for And I quote, her body, fucking centerfold worthy. Her hair was a weakness of mine. Black, silky. And long enough, I could wrap it around my fist twice. The thought had flitted through my mind unwillingly. And at church, Jesus. Nico gets the honor 
after lunch of beating the shit out of Tony and shoots him in the hand in Salvatore's office because he was the reason the fight had broken out in the first place. And Nico told him that if he ever was stupid enough to get a gun pointed at Elena again, he would kill him next time and not just shoot him in the hand. (sighs) And his dad, like, Tony's dad and Elena's dad, like, their dad, they're all kind of sick of Tony because Tony doesn't take out all of the stuff. He's in the lifestyle and he likes it, but he's not taking it all, like, as seriously as they want. Like, his girlfriend, Jenny like sleeps around a lot and she's not italian she's not part of the familia so yeah he they're just like is, doesn't think anything through he's kind of a ding-dong <laughs> yeah elena's dad was not did not feel bad that tony got shot in the hand but elena was so distraught i know and then that same afternoon after all that had went down She had been sitting on the couch, sort of watching TV, and Nico entered the room. When he's in there, he gets a call that he takes. And while still on the phone, he takes the remote from Elena and turns it to the news to see a drug bust at the border is being reported on. And he was leaning over the couch like she wasn't even there, like all up in her space. By the reaction he had on the phone, she knew it was his drug bust that had went down and so she makes a snide remark about it to him and he tugs on her ponytail and tells her to watch it but she keeps egging him on and she feels like she's able to be more of herself around him because he's going to be her brother-in-law soon so she's like i don't need to impress this man like he's gonna be family you know But then he grabbed her hair again and wrapped it around his fist twice. She couldn't help but think to herself, I quote, This man was going to watch the noose with a fistful of my hair. My god. Maybe it was due to my head being at an awkward angle and my blood not circulating as well. But my brain wasn't getting enough oxygen. And the fact that he smelled so good, like clean soap and man made the corners of my vision hazy yes it's like nico's trying to get some kind of power trip over her mm-hmm. and he doesn't like when she calls him her brother-in-law <laughs> no because he's like feels more attracted than he should to his future sister-in-law mm-hmm. he's got those conflicted feelings like does she act like this with everybody like no wonder everyone's always talking about her Mm-hmm. So Elena is like in a dance class, like she does dance school, and she goes to practice, and her cousin drops her off, Benito, and no one stays to watch her practice, usually. In the show, she plays the character Death and has to kiss another man, so it like simulates like sucking the life out of him, but it turns out that Nico was actually there watching her to keep her safe because she's got to go everywhere with somebody and he saw her kiss he's really upset and says that he's gonna well he's not upset but he's like you can't be doing that i'm gonna tell your dad and she's like no 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 like don't tell my dad if you tell my dad he's gonna like kill this guy for kissing me and she's trying to tell him that it's like platonic she's like begging him like it's just platonic (laughs) we're just friends it's just for dance So he tells her, and I quote, licking his lips, his deep, serious voice rushed over me. So prove it to me. My brows knitted. Prove what? That it was platonic. How am I supposed to? My stomach erupted with butterflies when it dawned on me. The shock of what he wanted me to do settled in the space like an elephant in the room. You're serious? Deadly. I know. The tension in this part was killer. And I just want to say... Danielle Laurie has, like, this way of just drawing scenes out with just enough tension. But she finally does kiss him and proves that she wasn't bluffing. Yep, he didn't think that she was going to take the bait. Like, ugh. And she says, then I did something I shouldn't have done. I couldn't resist. Couldn't even think about stopping myself. My lips closed around his top one for a wet, warm moment. It was merely a pull on one of his lips. A tiny taste of what it would be like to truly kiss him. I pulled away. I 
fell into my seat, stared forward. See, I breathed, completely platonic. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So after that little scene in the car, he takes her home. But before they make it to her house, they stop at a gas station. And she goes in to use the restroom. On her way out of the restroom, the cashier stops her and was harassing her. And she doesn't want to tell Nico about it when she gets back to the car. But he can obviously tell that something's wrong. And so she finally tells him that he smacked her ass and threatened that she could pay another way if she didn't get something from the store since she had used their restroom. So he, Mr. Ninko the man, uh, he goes in, has a little chat with the cashier, and he fucking burns the gas station down to the ground. You know, the cashier is not seen getting out of the place alive. No, he's not. She's really scared that the guy died. Yeah. Before he leaves the store, he's like, if you have a back door exit, I'd run now. And then, like, lights the place up. You don't and get to touch the sweet of belly. Melina's just like, oh my fucking god. And then, then goes home and tells her dad, if you're gonna have someone pick me up, please don't let it be Nico. He's psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> Elena really does her best to try and just treat Nico like a family member after this point. They've pretty much got to know each other. They don't like each other. There's this tension. He's engaged to her sister. Like, there's so many layers. And she does her best to just treat him like family. The two families are at dinner. She tries to go out the back door of the restaurant for some air after hearing the Rosa women talk in the bathroom about her. And they're all gossiping that she's, like, such a whore. And Nico stops her before she can go out the door. And she says, Nicholas, go find someone else to boss around. I froze, my heartbeat slowing like they'd been dropped in molasses. He held me by the ponytail and kept me from taking another step, like it was a leash. My breath stopped when his front pressed against my back. He felt so warm, so good. I could have groaned if I had the air to do so. With a small tug of my ponytail, my head tilted to the side. His lips brushed the hollow behind my ear. Tell me what to fucking do again. <laughs> oh my god. He's so, like, I love that he keeps grabbing her by the hair. <sighs> Just, like, the way it's written and, like, envisioning that, like, he's so dark and sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, and teasing kind of ensues. She tries to tell him she might as well just call him brother pretty much since he will be soon enough anyways once he's married to her sister and he's not okay with it at all. Yeah, he's getting really fed up with that idea. He's like, no, I don't like that idea at all. He thinks about it a few times and she finally says it like out loud, out loud. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's not okay. Like, mm-mm. you can't think of me as your brother. <laughs> I'm too attracted to you. Yeah. And he confronts her about the list that he was supposed to get about Adriana from her. And she's like, oh, I didn't write a list. And he was like, here. He gives her his phone so she can write down the list of the things that his her sister likes and dislikes. Because apparently that's super important. And <laughs> she sees a picture of Nico fucking Jenny, Tony's girlfriend, again. And she's super pissed and tells him not to sleep with her anymore again. He's like, what? Like, you can't tell me what to do. Like, we just mess around with each other. And, like, Tony and Nico just, like, mess around with each other like that. Like, sleeping with each other's girls is somehow a game. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I do I don't know not like it that at either, all. Right? <laughs> like, at that point, too, he's like, does your sister really expect me to remain faithful to her? And she doesn't really answer because, no. Adriana doesn't expect him to stay faithful. They're in an arranged marriage. And he's a Don. It's something they just kind of do. Yes, not be faithful to their wives. Yeah. <laughs> she tries to get Nicholas to promise that she wasn't, that he wasn't gonna sleep with Jenny anymore. And he's like, no, I'm gonna do whatever I want. No, I'm gonna do whatever I want. Like, you've literally, I already told you, like, you can't tell me what to do. And so he's trying to get his phone back from her and she's like, no. And she puts it down her dress and he's like, you really think that you putting my phone down your dress is going to like stop me? And she's like a low key knows that it's childish, 
but she's kind of excited. Of course, he grabs his phone from her dress and it says, He fisted the fabric, skimming it up my legs. Every inch of my skin sizzled and an empty ache formed low in my stomach. He twisted the fabric, skimming it up my legs. Each inch of my skin sizzled and an empty ache formed low in my stomach. When he made contact with my bare thigh, I had to bite my lip to hold in a whimper. His palm was rough and hot enough to burn. And God, a man had never smelled so good. I wanted to muzzle my face in his neck so I could get more of it. All of it. Like, just keep touching me. But so much tension. Fire, but he's able to resist that nothing else happens. And she knows she's being an, like a hypocrite, telling him not to cheat on her sister. But then, like, <laughs> that's all ensues. Yeah, she's also putting them in positions where he has to touch her. And then, like, after this whole scene, I didn't write it in the notes, but I just want to know that Nico makes the decision and sends that photo to her brother while they're all in the restaurant and he walks back in. Tony sees him and another huge fight ensues. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right? Just family fun. Yeah. A couple days later or so, she was just getting back from a run with her cousin when she saw Nico, her dad, and another man named Christian, who she hadn't met before, talking on their porch. So she was introduced to him, and she doesn't miss how absolutely hot he is. Yeah, like, Christian. A gorgeous man. He's described as like, he's not Italian, right? I think he, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. He's like blonde or something. Nico tells Elena to stay away from him because he's a cop. So she kind of is under the impression that he's like FBI or something. And as everyone else has gone inside, she's about to as well when Nico stops her. And he says, I swear to God, Elena, if I find out you've let some man touch you, I will deliver his hands to you in a box. I swallowed. And I do not fucking bluff. He slammed the door behind him. She's like, oh, dang, he really doesn't want me to flirt with this Christian guy. Maybe I'll just flirt even harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's like, maybe I'll just try to get over Nico with the guy that Nico doesn't want me to talk to. Yeah, that that seems like an appropriate, healthy decision, you know. Nico is very much unavailable to her. You need to, like, probably just put your focus elsewhere, lady. So <laughs> she definitely keep moving along moving along the next sexy piece of ass that comes to the door yep we can move along (laughs) (laughs) elena wears a revealing one-piece suit and goes swimming in front of the guys nico christian and her dad and she knows that nico has been watching her the whole time because he's obviously made it very clear that he's interested in what she's doing so She's excited to be wearing her skimpy outfit and she goes into the kitchen to get a drink of water and Nico comes in and they're alone in the kitchen. And that's another part that I liked too. Their moments alone are all always have to be a secret because kind of like in a historian kind of romance novel, they're not allowed to be alone. Like if they were caught alone together, it could be reputationally damaging mm-hmm. and like at the beginning of the book there was like one point where he had a cigarette with Elena out in the back like where the cameras weren't or something like that and it was mysterious and spooky and forbidden and like yes he shares that cigarette and then later on thinks to himself about how he just loved watching her put her lips around something his were on so she's in the kitchen wearing her little bathing suit getting a drink and nico comes in and they're alone he's leaning against her on the counter again and she can like feel his boner in her back right mm-hmm. this is like that first time they're kind of talking a little bit dirty like it's a little scandalous He is telling her that she needs to not be meeting people in her little outfit. And she says, 
Do you respect me? I had no idea where it came from, but it was there now, lingering in the air with a heavy insinuation. He didn't answer. A wave of shock rolled through me when the pad of his finger traced the hem of my swimsuit bottoms that still bared too much of my ass. My breath stopped when his other hand slid up my side and gripped my waist, beneath my breast. My nipples tightened, tingling in expectation. Heat pulsated between my legs, and I fought the desire to grab his hand and slide it up until he palmed my breast. I swayed, fighting the need to lean back against him, to feel his body against mine. His fingers slid under my bottoms, gliding over the curve of my ass where it almost met my thigh. All the blood in my body sizzled when he came too close to a taboo part of me, though it was probably only taboo to me since no one had ever touched me there before. Ugh. And then Nico says, you want me to respect you? It was a loaded question, but I only knew one answer. Only wanted one thing from this man and only needed it once so that I could know what it was like. I shook my head. I wanted him to disrespect me. Every inch of me. Al, is it getting hot in here? Is it just me? <laughs> it's not just you. It's getting super hot in here. <sighs> we definitely need Nico to be disrespecting us. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my god. And then they're at the family lunch with the Russos when a drive-by happens and the place gets shot up and Nico sees it happening, like, coming. He sees it coming and warns everybody, mostly just in time, so everybody gets down under the tables and he ends up covering Elena's body underneath the table to protect her. And once it was over and a silence broke through the room, Adriana announced to everyone that she was pregnant. And it was like, what? <laughs> Her mom was, like, sobbing. Her dad was super mad. Adriana's, like, terrified. Elena's terrified. Nico is, like, annoyed. Like, goddammit. <laughs> you can't uh, find have sex with other men but get pregnant? What the fuck? Oh, uh, well, he wasn't even okay with her having sex with other men. Like, he had known that she probably wasn't a virgin, but, like, once they were married, I don't think he was gonna let her sleep around. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, it really ruined the vibe. Yes, but that's that was my moment because I was so anxiously trying to figure out how the hell I knew Nico and Elena were endgame, obviously have to be, but trying to figure out how that was going to happen when he was engaged to the sister and this whole book kind of revolved around planning her sister's wedding to him. Mm -hmm. I was like, how is this going to work? And then that was like, the moment i'm like aha somehow it's gonna be elena to get married <laughs> and they go god but so after that everyone goes back to the house and the men are pissed elena is pleading with her sister not to tell the men who the father is even though like she knows it's the gardener she knows that they will kill him so she's sitting with her while they try to interrogate they're trying to go through her phone but they've already deleted everything and she's just doing her best to stick up for Adriana. Elena's uncle is about to slap her and she closes her eyes expecting the sting. But she opens her eyes after a second and sees that Nico is holding his wrist and he says, hit a woman in front of me and you won't be alive to do it again. He's like, absolutely not. And it's not even technically like his woman because she is owned by her family essentially she's in a belly he's a yeah. rosso like uh, he might have overstepped boundaries i don't know but i fucking loved it i'm glad he did i know that's what makes it hot is that he did overstep the boundaries protect her super hot <sighs> and elena's told to leave the room after that it was around this point in the story that we learned that elena had run away for a weekend and had sex with a man she had met for the first time and she stayed with him like the whole weekend and she got tracked down and they killed him when they found her she knows that if adriana tells them who the baby daddy is that they're probably gonna go track him down and kill him they might tell her that they're not going to but that they will because it's happened to her before yeah, she just wants to save her sister from that horrible heartache and the guilt she's lived with for the past six months of that man's death, so. She's got a little 50-cent ring that he had given her when they spent their time together, and she had been wearing it this whole time to remind herself of him and what she's going to do to 
make it right for his family. That's a common thread that Nico is like constantly annoyed by her little ring, this reminder of this other man. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about it, but he's just like, she's probably in love with someone else, you know, but. After that, obviously the wedding is off because Nico isn't going to marry a woman pregnant with another man's baby. And they kind of have like a meeting in Salvatore's office. And he tells Nico that Elena isn't an option because she's engaged to Oscar Perez, who's um the Colombian who's kind of a creep to uh, Elena. So, yeah, every Elena time he comes- didn't even know that this was a thing, mind you. Every time that he's been mentioned in the book, I'm always like, what is this guy? Like, why is he being weird? And everyone else is not allowed to touch her and stuff. But this guy's allowed to be weird and creepy. Her dad at the beginning had said that she was unfit for marriage. And then all of a sudden she's been engaged to this Oscar Perez guy in this country. You know, it's like these arranged marriages are contracts trade of like goods and services basically so like this marriage to this oscar guy was going to be really beneficial for them we didn't talk about this scene or put it in notes but there's a party at nico's penthouse and elena's dad salvatore sees the way nico was interacting with elena and how he like pushed her in the pool it's this whole thing and I think that was the reason he kind of hurried up and got Elena engaged to another man. Oh, yeah. So the next day, because, you know, Salvatore told Nico who she was engaged to. The next day, he's found dead and he was shot. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, motherfucking Nico. Yes, that scene starts off with Elena hearing her dad screaming and she's like what kind of a bitch yeah she's like (laughs) what is going on and then nico comes over not too long after and her dad's like congratulations he bit out his eyes a dark storm i swallowed having never seen my father so angry you're getting married (laughs) (laughs) and she's not super thrilled at all with this engagement i'm gonna quote Elena on this part but this was something she was kind of hinting at in the beginning too of the book so I quote I had never wanted a husband like him he was everything my body thought needed and everything my brain knew it didn't I would lose myself to Nicholas Russo and I wouldn't know where to come up for air my heart would fall for him and he would crush it beneath his feet I could live with a loveless life I couldn't survive a broken one because of her past and because of what happened with Adriana, Nico insists that he lives with her right away. So like that same day, she ends up going to his house. Mm-hmm. She's just swept up and moved like yeah. the cattle that she is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so she's surprised that it's his house and not his penthouse because he, of course, has multiple residences that he owns and lives in when nico was engaged to her sister he planned on living in the penthouse with her but now that he's marrying elena they're moving into his house and she's like weird so i think too i kind of got the impression that nico wouldn't always be living with adriana at the penthouse that was just like the place that he would keep her and i think his primary residence was going to be his house house so she thought that was kind of a bigger deal kind of strange because at his house house he has his housekeeper yeah yeah Um, oh my gosh there's so many details He says, come here. I didn't think it was possible for any woman to ignore that command from him. I had an awful, awful impulse to listen. With an erratic heartbeat, I took the short steps towards him. As soon as I reached him, he grabbed my nape, threaded his fingers into my hair, and then buried his face in my neck. He made a masculine noise of satisfaction that I could feel deep in my stomach before it settled into a weight between my legs. I rocked back, not fighting him but shaken with this lightning bolt exploding in my chest and fizzing through my veins. And that was like, as soon as they got in the door, he was like, you're mine now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, there was no more needing to contain themselves around each other, you know, because now they're engaged so they can act upon those feelings. 
they're still like not doing it yet no not quite not quite but like there's less guilt i think yeah they don't have to be as sneaky for sure Mm -mm. so she accompanies him to his club and runs into sebastian who turns out to be oscar's brother she was sent away to go wait for him in his office but before she's out of earshot, she overhears them talking. Sebastian tells Nico that Oscar was a very paranoid man and had a PI following him to catch anyone following Oscar. So he knows that it was Nico who was the one to shoot him and just wants to know why. And they kind of come to like an agreement. And Nico tells him that he had something I wanted. And both men kind of knew, I think, that he was referring to Eleanor. And Elena hears that and like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> wow. Because she didn't know Nico had killed him. I don't know how she didn't put the dots together, but... I mean, she... it wouldn't be unheard of. Like, the lifestyle that they're living. You could just assume that it was, like, a deal gone bad or something, you know? Either way, she was really glad Oscar was dead. Yeah, because they found out, too, that he was into some fucked up shit with the way that Oscar treated women and it was like a blessing that Elena didn't have to marry him and go through all that. Mhm. They finally end up having sex when like I think it's like it'd been a couple nights at the house and they were headed back from something and they go back into the house and she gets like naked or like takes a shower and then she's got a towel wrapped around her and she's like thinking about it for so long and she's thinking so hard about what she's about to do like if she wants to open the door and cross the hallway to his room or not and she's having some really conflicting feelings about how he's not gonna be loyal to her because she was staying in an opposite room they weren't even staying in the same room at this point yeah and she's been really worried about like having sex with him and falling in love with him when she knows that she's marrying a don and she refuses to kiss him she set that boundary that same day she moved in because she knew that would be more like emotional for her yeah and he thinks that it's about her ring but it's not about her ring right which i thought was a good touch yeah i yeah this whole book (laughs) the way the pieces all like fit together so she goes into his room finally he's just there i'll tell you they it's so hot he like reaches over to get a condom and she just sits right down on him without a condom and he's like whoa never done this before (laughs) definitely like this he says i've never fucked a woman without a condom He nuzzled my neck. His voice was warm and smooth, but his teeth were clenched. And I'm afraid you've just created a monster. (laughs) He's 29 years old and has kept it wrapped. Kept it wrapped this whole time. And then Eleanor's just like, "Mm, let me get on top of you. And he's like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, they're both for sure falling in love with each other. But neither of them are voicing this out loud to each other. And I think Nico is really the first to kind of admit it to himself. He's watching her sleep one night after sex. And he thinks to himself, I would make this girl want me, need me, love me, because fuck if I was going it alone. And I was just like, oh my god, Nico. I just wish you guys would talk more. But I understand. Because he's definitely not going at it alone. No, he's not. I think the next day after he has that realization, he surprises Elena and tells her that they were going to get married at the courthouse early. And I think it's a week before their marriage was supposed to take place. And she doesn't want to at first because she really wanted to have her wedding and have that moment. Mm -hmm. But he tells her that you can marry me as many times as you want. We can still have our wedding. He just didn't... I think he was just afraid that her father would be able to back out of the wedding. Nail it down, you know? Yes, she had slept with him that night. And then the next morning, she woke up and Isabel was at the house. And this is like one of the rules where you're not supposed to flaunt your side pieces to your wife in this lifestyle. And 
So it was like really disrespectful that that had even happened. And so she like reasonably is upset and leaves to go home. And her family is like, oh no, you know, what's wrong? And they're like making fun of her that she hasn't made it a week at this guy's house before she came home to her family. And her mm-hmm. family is like, we knew that you were going to be too soft for this. And then Nico shows up guns blazing and thinks that they've like taken her back or something and her family is like all guns out everyone's pointing guns at each other and she is freaking out she's like really calm but you know like we're all seeing the inside of her head and she's kind of a dramatic character anyway um (laughs) she's kind of freaking out and Nico is like, this is how you start a war. You don't tell me where you're going. That's ridiculous. And her dad's like, well, she's not technically yours yet. You're not married. And Nico's like, yeah, Nico's (laughs) like, no, we signed the contract. She's mine. The marriage is just a side effect of our contract. It's not actually the contract. And he's like, no, no, it's the marriage. And her dad is like, go to your room. And she's like, oh, I should go to my room and like listen to my dad. And Nico's like, no, you're going to come here. And she's like, I don't know who to listen to, but it feels more right to side with Nico. Like she felt like he was being really vulnerable in that moment by saying that he was going to start a war for her, basically. So she sides with Nico and her dad is kind of heartbroken, but also like he raised a daughter that's going to listen to her husband. Mm hmm. And yeah, I love that moment. I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. That's why it all came to be that he was going to have a courthouse wedding before their actual wedding so he could uh, make sure the contract wasn't broken. <laughs> yes, nail that shit down before she runs away and some other shit happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has like her dress and everything picked out for her. They go, they get married, and then they spend the next few days having amazing sex everywhere and anywhere that they can in the house. One of my favorite quotes from that part, one of the sexy quotes that I chose to share. Fuck, you're wet, he groaned. I tensed when his finger inched into the wrong hole. Nico, I gasped. Beneath my palms, a tremor rolled through his chest. He slowed, kissed my cheek. And murmured against my lips. Tell me to stop and I will. I didn't believe I was an adventurous girl. But suddenly knew I would do anything to feel this man shudder like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, she's like, put it where anywhere, daddy. <laughs> uh, oh my god, okay. You came in hot on that quote. So funny. <laughs> I get you all frazzled. <laughs> Earlier in the book, Elena had noticed Nico's bank information was sitting out and she copied it down because she's sneaky. And she runs away when Nico is working on his car and she's like by herself. No one else is watching her. Like Nico is finally trusting her a little bit that she's going to like actually talk to him. Of course, she doesn't talk to him. She just sneaks out of the house. And what I loved about this part was I forgot that they like lived in the middle of the city. But she literally just, it reminded, you know, it's a city. So she like walked out of the house and like went and got on a bus at a bus stop, just like down the street a little bit. She went to a place where she knew how to There was like a little bit of backstory that was added in there. I don't know if it's like super important for the review, but she ended up stealing two million from Nico and putting it in her own account and then going to the bank and getting a certified cashier's check and like cash. And she takes it to the house of the man that had been killed because of sleeping, like of spending time with her. I mean, because of being around her, essentially, she chose to do all of that stuff. It was really sad. And so she goes and deposits the money and returns the 50 cent ring to his mom and his younger sister, who is still in high school, I think, Mm -hmm. that he was helping take care of before he had been murdered. And he was like a really hardworking guy and stuff. Like he just, it was just sad. She's there waiting for this woman to get off of work. And it's like middle of the night. Nico finally finds her 
he's like really upset that she had gone missing obviously it's not the first time he really thought this time that she was like running away because she had taken all of that money out he's really really stressed about like where she had gone he gets all of his guys to help look for her when he gets her back and stuff he's really kind of impressed that what she was able to do (laughs) sneaking out from him she even offered to help or like to pay him back and he was like do you realize how much fucking money you stole and how long that would take you're not gonna try to pay me back like (laughs) relax (laughs) right it's two million dollars i really don't know if you like that's gonna yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so after that she like tells him everything this is the first time she opened up about the man she slept with she tells him that she had never slept with anyone else because at that point nico had no idea she was so inexperienced compared to what he had originally thought and it was just a super good moment for the two of them. They were able to move forward and they end up having their bachelor and bachelorette parties. Yeah, because they're still going forward with their originally planned wedding, which I thought mm-hmm. was really fun for them to do. Elena is saying about her bachelorette party. For the first time in my life, I felt free to be me, to curse if I wanted, to keep my smiles for who deserved them, to be bad at something. To fall in love. Nico didn't treat me like glass. He shattered the reflection of any empty life staring back at me. He taught me how to soar. And her bachelorette party is a success. She has a ton of fun and gets drunk. She gets to know Gianna a little bit more and decides she doesn't mind Gianna. Even confronted her about sleeping with Nico and she appreciated her honesty. And the whole time that they were out, she texted Nico and he picked her up after her bachelorette party. He was like, how drunk are you? And she was like, pretty drunk. I'm so <laughs> drunk. And I had such a blast. It's just really <laughs> funny and cute. Yes. He's like taking care of her. Oh my gosh. And we completely skipped over that he promised to stay loyal to her. Yes, he did. Oh my God. That was another big moment. He's like, you are enough for me. You are all I need. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. It was so good. When they were having their moment together, they had sex and she's like, I don't want you to be with anybody else. It has to be just me. That was like the morning before they like got married, got married the first time or whatever. Oh my gosh. It was like Bitch. perfect. It's what she needed to hear. I'm like, about to cry again. Oh. <laughs> I fucking love this book. Oh, tell us what's going to make you cry. Just, like, the vulnerability they both shared with each other after all of this time is such a slow burn. He had a rough childhood. His mom was a drug addict. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just emotional. But, like, especially when I finished this book, I was crying. I was crying at this point. Just, like, (laughs) they're gonna have their happily ever after. And they both deserve it so much. Yay! Get those tears out. (laughs) (laughs) They went through so much to get to this point, and they're like, I love it. I love both of them so much. Nico had his bachelor party. This was cute. She made him promise that no stripper would touch him, and he agreed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what a man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking God. And then I want to talk about the quote she had before she walked down the aisle. I thought it was really sweet. I'd always imagined love as a concept, a genuine smile, a couple holding hands, a life partner. Now I knew it was more dimensional, a maddening, possessive, and overwhelming presence that bloomed in your chest with the power to make you feel so alive or shatter you to pieces. So, I mean... Then they get married. Yep. Then they get married and they live their life. Their Dude. sexy life. I know. <laughs> I nice. want a life. No, you I want don't want life. that life. That's so dangerous. There's too many guns. It's so dangerous. <laughs> I don't want that life, but I want that man. I Yeah, that's the end of the book. Obviously, Nick Russo is a book husband, a book daddy. God, he's so good. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't, there wasn't anything that he did that I didn't like, except for sleep with other women. 
but he didn't even do that while we read the books. So. I know. <laughs> You're holding his past against him. I can't not hold his past against him. <laughs> either. The past is too close. Gianna and Jenny were always there. I Every time the audiobook lady mentioned Gianna or Jenny, I was just like, why? Why are we talking about them again? I don't like this. <laughs> They're not part of the story anymore. Mm-mm. I don't want to care anymore. <laughs> that was the only thing I didn't like about Nico. And Isabel? Oh my god. I was so glad when we didn't hear about her anymore. I know. I was like, yeah, throw out all of her meals. We don't need any of Isabel's second-rate food that she made. It's nope. terrible. It can all go away. What would you rate the spice for the book? All right. I think that the tension really kept my eye, but I think it's a three pepper okay yeah i'm gonna try and be more conservative with my spice rating i always get so excited but i think it's a three pepper yeah i would have to agree the tension though 10 out of 10 i fucking loved it so what would you review this book overall i was leaning for like a four star review okay i really liked the tension and stuff and i really liked the descriptions but i thought that our female main character was a little dramatic sometimes mm. but i think that i understand her character and i really liked her character so i don't that was like it wasn't a full five star because her character wasn't like the best but i respected her character i understood it and i really liked nico's character in response to her character so yeah i okay so i give it a five star because i cried and i never really had that issue with elena so i don't know i kind of see your point though but yeah it's been a while since you had a five star for us i feel like chloe brown might have been the last five star you gave that was a good one too yeah it was yeah this was a great book i think Definitely recommend, guys. If you haven't already read it, I don't know. You definitely, <laughs> you've gotten this far, so you should definitely just go read it. Because, we... <laughs> I mean, we are not, I feel like we're not doing it justice. We quoted a lot, but, like, uh, it was good. It was so good. It was a chunker book. Like, we definitely couldn't have covered everything. So much happened. There were so many more tentious moments. Like, she described their interactions together a lot, like, as burning like she could feel his eyes like burning into her face and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it really built that atmosphere of tension a lot which was great so good like i told you i'm a slut for tension yes maybe I... someday was the other super tension filled book that we reviewed it's like oh my god yes drool love I definitely want to get more tension reads because this it's so exciting to read. These nice slow burns. And with that, that wraps up our book review for this book, Sweetest Oblivion by Danielle Laurie. Thank you all for listening and join us next Tuesday when we read The Matza Ball by Jean Meltzer. We go live on Instagram every Wednesday for Wine and Spice Wednesday to discuss that week's podcast and chat with y'all. You can also find us on TikTok, Facebook, anywhere you can find podcasts, the WeTube and YouTube. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and do all the engagement things. Talking with you guys and seeing what you think about these books and topics is why we are here. See you next week. Until then, stay stay spicy. spicy.